Well, good morning, church. How is everyone? Awesome. Good, good, good. So glad that you are here. Today, God has something for you. I believe that every time I stand on this platform, anytime any of our pastors stand here, we believe that God has something for you. And so we are so glad that you're here. I want to welcome in our online audience. If you're joining us from travel, we're grateful that you are traveling at the beach. We're glad for you, happy for you. Hope you hear from God there as well. Um, And if you're joining us from DC North, welcome as well. We love you guys. Uh, Grateful for our congregation at DC North and all that God is doing there as well. So today, uh, as you saw in the little bumper video during our offering, uh, we are starting a brand new series called Family Matters. And I believe that this is going to be a very important series. We're going to resume our midweek podcast. Uh, Many of you tuned in. Uh, during our legendary series on the, the life of King David, uh, you tuned in to join us midweek on Wednesday for our midweek podcast. We're going to resume that during this series of Family Matters. It's a time for us to take uh, take a look, a deeper look at the Sunday morning message. We'll dig into some of the layers of uh, biblical passages that we maybe didn't have time to address on a Sunday morning. We'll take more time on a Wednesday to address those things and discuss that. In our podcast, I hope you'll tune in. Uh, You can access that through our website or the church app. Uh, Go to the homepage, and you can actually submit questions. We welcome your questions. We'll do our best to uh, respond to them in the podcast. So same place on the the homepage. You can submit questions. Just find the link. We'd love to have the opportunity to address those as well. So I'm excited for this series. I believe that God wants to speak some things to your life individually, and I believe that God also wants to speak something to the life of the church. As a body of believers, as an organism, we are, we are the, the body of Christ together. And I, I, my heart is full, not just for today, but for the, the subsequent weeks of this six-week series. I believe that, that the Word of God has something to say to each of us every single week that we gather. I want to ask you uh, to maybe, if you can, commit to being here every single Sunday. Uh, the series will conclude on September 10th, uh, six weeks starting today. And here's the thing, it, it's a series, and I, I definitely like to teach in series because there's just so much that I want to convey or teach on a particular topic or aspect of God's Word. And if you come every other week, you're going to have missing gaps in the puzzle of all that is going to be said. And so how many like puzzles? Raise your hand. Come on, raise your hand if you like puzzles. Come on, I'm among puzzle lovers. I love puzzles. But how many hate that when you get to the end, you're missing a couple pieces, right? It is, that is the worst, okay? So in a, the same would be true for a message series. When you miss a couple of messages, you're missing some of the important pieces of the whole. And so I want to encourage you to be here every Sunday. If you can't make it, uh, our messages are always archived on our website on the Watch tab. You can tune in that way as well. And I want to say this, too, uh, for those of you who maybe see the title Family Matters and you, your, your mind very quickly starts to do the math and say, well, maybe this isn't for me. I'm not a family. I don't, my life right now doesn't fit the mold of what a traditional family is. And maybe you're here, you're not married or you don't have children. You're like, well, what's in it for me? That's a very fair question. I'm glad you're thinking it. You're not saying it out loud, but you're thinking it. Uh, I want to assure you, and it starts today, that every time you come on Sunday morning, 
you will find that there's something specifically for you. Now, I believe that every Sunday I think the Holy Spirit is present. I know he's here, and he's taking the words of myself or whoever it is that's presenting the word, and he can uniquely apply them very specifically to your life every and any given Sunday. But for, for, for this series on family matters, I want you to know that it's very much a part of my heart for this series, that if you're a traditional family, if you're married and you have children, you fit the mold and there will be something for you. If you are a blended family in the room, you, you're two people, husband and wife came together, you're married, you brought your own children into the equation, there will be something for you each week. And you have a layer of complexity or, or various layers of complexity in a blended family that some of the rest of us don't have and you need to hear from God and his word on a regular basis. If you're, if you're a single parent in the room, you have you shoulder the burden of parenting all by yourself. Again, I don't think any of us should parent alone. We have the family of God around us. It takes a village, truly. But a single parent also carries a burden that a, a, a married family doesn't carry in parenting. And there will be something for you as well. If you're a single adult in the room, whether you are 18 years old or 88 years old. Anybody 88 in the room? Come on. You're a senior adult. I... I, I didn't look at you. Come on. I did not make eye contact with anyone in that moment. But I want to assure you, uh, I am going to work overtime so that every single person, regardless of your, your station in life, where you're at, a series called Family Matters will have something for each of us every Sunday. And additionally, you are part of the family of God, which means you have a family. You are part of a family. And family matters will matter to you as well. Just in the way that you interact with your brothers and sisters in this family, you have an extended family, cousins, aunts, uncles, whatever. Like, there will be something each week for each of you. And it starts with this. So I want to declare to you, you already know this if you've been in part of our church for a while. If you're new, uh, this is good for you to hear today. We very much at this church believe that the Bible is God's eternal inspired word for us today. This has been, it was compiled thousands of years ago. It has remained unchanged for thousands of years. And we believe that its relevance is no less impactful today than it was when it was originally penned between two and 4,000 years ago. So you are sitting in a church that holds this book in very high regard. And we believe that the words of this book are literally God's words to mankind. We believe this is the witness, the testimony of God Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth, as he wanted to reveal himself to us. I believe this forms the blueprint and foundation of our lives. Can I get a friend in the room to say amen to that? Um, you'll see a picture on the screen of a, of a blueprint. Many of you will recognize that image of a blueprint. Uh, maybe you don't know this, but blueprints aren't blue anymore. <laughs> I don't know, does anybody know when they stopped being blue? Maybe they were blue at some point, but I've looked at tons and tons and tons of blueprints over my almost 20 years here at the church of different building programs and construction that we've done, and they've never been blue. But the idea is that when you have a set of blueprints, so this is a set of blueprints, this is our, this is about 20 pages of the, the correct way to build our building at GT North. So this is GT North, if you're joining us from there, 
These are the blueprints for the building you're sitting in right now. And the blueprints, when you build something, we probably have a lot of people in this room and online who are part of the construction industry. Maybe you're an engineer, a designer, an architect, or you um, actively build construction sites. And you're handed this, and this tells you exactly what to do and how to do it. This is a blueprint that prescribes for you how to build the building. Can I tell you today that the Word of God is the same for our lives? This book is the blueprint for how you and I should go about building our lives before God Almighty. This is an instruction manual, and it is no less relevant today than it was 2,000 and 4,000 years ago when it was written. And I know many people would question that. They say, well, you know, the Bible, it's old, it's archaic, it's not relevant anymore. I want to I submit to you today that if, if that's your view, then you have too small a view of God. Because if the creator of heaven and earth wasn't able to fashion a document that could stand the test of time, then your God is too small. Now, then your God is not my God, because my God, when he assembled and, and spoke through people to pen his word for us to reveal himself, this word transcends time and space. And we believe in this church that this word is the blueprint that forms the foundation of our church and of our lives together as followers of Jesus. This is the foundation. And it, what it does, so what a foundation, what a blueprint does, it describes the original design of a building. When you're a, when you're a maintenance supervisor or a facility director, um, it's very important to have access to these because when you're running wires and conduits and pipes and wanting to dig somewhere, you need to know what the original design was for that building so that you can build and modify accordingly. Well, friend, God's word, this eternal, transcendent, always relevant book, articulates God's original design for your life and for mine. And the only way for you and I to build our lives uh, in a way that honors the creator is for us to consult the blueprint for our lives, which is the word of God. You and I know this, that there are there are primarily two ways in which we can build our lives and our families in this world. One of the ways is to subscribe to the philosophies and ideologies and principles of this world. Lord knows we are being inundated with them at every turn in our lives, right? Turn on the evening news, go on the internet, your kids at school. You and I and our families are being inundated with worldly principles and ideologies that at the very root of them, they are broken systems that will never stand. The philosophies and ideologies of this world are broken and will not stand. That's one way to build our lives. Another way is to build our lives on the eternal principles of the blueprint of God's word, which will stand the test of time. There's the world's way, and there's God's way, and church, they are not the same way. I want to add this, too, and we'll, we will unpack this over the next five weeks, I promise you, but 
I want to say this to you early. There's the world's way and there's God's way, and they are not intended to duplicate. There are too many people in too many churches across the globe that are borrowing philosophies of the world and creating for themselves a hybrid of a foundation. That too will not stand. Our lives as as followers of Christ are to be built on the firm foundation of God's word and nothing else. And it's been this way from the beginning of God revealing himself. So I want to read to you a couple passages that come from the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is a book that's in some way, it's the capture of a very long speech, a set of speeches that Moses gave to the people of Israel after they were delivered supernaturally out of 430 years of bondage in Egypt. In about 1400 B.C., Moses stood on the banks of the Jordan before they crossed in the Promised Land and spoke many things to the Israelites, many of which those things would become central and core to their existence as a community of faith for thousands of years to follow. I want to read to you from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 6, just to kind of launch into this idea today. We are going to end with the words of Jesus, but I want to start with the words of Moses. This is 3,500 years old, and these are the words of Moses. This is what it says. He said to probably one and a half, two million people on the banks of the Jordan, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your heart. I have hidden your word in my heart that it might not sin against you. 3,500 years ago, Moses was telling the people of Israel that had been delivered out of bondage, the right place for God's word is in their heart. And then he says, impress them on your children. Parents, can I get an amen? You have a responsibility, mom and dad, to imprint God's word on the hearts of your children. To impress them, to leave an indelible mark of God's word on your children's hearts. It is your job. Number one, the church comes alongside of you. We want to partner with parents. But you bear the primary responsibility of ensuring that God's word is imprinted on the hearts of your children. Parents, say amen in this room. And if you need if you need some memory verses, email me. I said this a few weeks ago. I will gladly send them to you. I have a whole list of verses that I have impressed on the hearts of my children. I'd love to share that with you. He said this, talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands, bind them on your foreheads, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. 3,500 years ago, these words that Moses spoke to Israel are just as relevant to you and I as parents today. They bear no less significance to us today than they did 3,500 years ago to Israel. In fact, these words became central to community life in Israel Why? Because they describe the original design of the Creator as the foundation of their lives. God's Word gives us God's design as a foundation for our lives. Later on in that same setting, Moses said these words to the people of Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 30. Again, remembering this will make it very clear that God is always setting before mankind the option to do it the world's way 
or to do it God's way. God is always giving us the choice. And I want you to hear, you know, hear the heart of your Father in heaven this morning. You can almost sense when you, as we read through this, you'll, you'll, you'll hear maybe the pleading heart, like the, the imploring heart of the Father in heaven, saying, will you do it my way? Will you do it my way? Will you do it my way? My way is best. I'm the designer, the creator, and I know what is best for your life. You do not. As much as we think we do. Come on, church, can I get a witness? Somebody raise your hand in here. Come on. We all think we know what's best. God knows best. These are the words Moses said. See, I set before you today life and prosperity or death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, and to keep his commands, his decrees and his laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away, let me just pause there for a minute because many of us have had moments in our lives where our hearts did turn away. I had some seasons in my college days where I, I had some drift in my life, and many of you in this room, many of you listening online have had seasons of drift in your life where your heart did momentarily turn away. God is pleading with you to come back. He's pleading with you yet again to build your life on the principles of this word and to stop building your life based on the ideology of this broken world. Hear the heart of your father. He said, if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will surely be destroyed. Not that God will do it, you'll do it yourself. Oftentimes, God doesn't need our help to destroy our life. We make bad decisions, we sin against him, and we receive the natural consequence for our sinful lifestyle. I declare to you this day that you will surely be destroyed. You will not live in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. This day, Moses said, I call heaven and earth as witness against you that you have set to, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Moses, in that moment, was God's mouthpiece. And he's speaking on behalf of the creator of all things. And he says to a people gathered on the, the banks of the Jordan, see, I have set before you life and death. I'm giving you the choice. You get to choose how you will build your life. Will I build it on principles that are doomed to destruction? Or will I build my life and my family upon the principles that will stand forever? And God says through his servant Moses, see, I set before you today life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life. I hope you can sense the heart of your father. He's pleading with you to choose life today. Why? So that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, and hold fast to him. Some of you have been holding fast to the Lord your God for many years. You've walked a long journey. You've had turbulence in your life. The rains have rained on your life. The winds have beat against your house. But you have held fast to the Lord your God. And you can declare and you can give witness today that he is faithful and that he is good. Why? Because you have learned by holding fast to him that he gives you a sure foundation. Listen to these words. For the Lord is your life. I mean, we could just close in prayer right there. He is the source of life. He 
is your life. The same principle is repeated in Colossians chapter 1. Your life is now hidden with Christ in God who is your life. The Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Friends, God has always, that was, those words were spoken 3,500 years ago. I want to now fast forward to the words of Jesus uh, about 2,000 years ago. These words that I'm going to read to you, he says, he, he gives this little parable at the end of his longest recorded sermon. If you're a Bible person, you know in Matthew chapter 567, uh, we, we're given the Sermon on the Mount. It's the longest recorded teaching of Jesus Christ. Jesus knew the acoustical properties of the land. He kind of went up on the hillside. That's why it's called the Sermon on the Mount. He was on a, the hillside, a mountain, just so that his voice would carry over the large crowd that had gathered. And it, the way that Jesus concluded his message, he taught about lots of things. He talked about the, the regular matters of life in Israel. And he concludes his teaching with these words. These are the words of Jesus some 2,000 years ago. And this is where, as we begin this series on family matters, I believe this is the foundation for every single one of us. This, for me, as we think about our blueprint, about God's design, these words of Jesus, I hope that these will kind of resonate in your heart and in your mind over the next six weeks. And these words of Jesus will, will form the foundation of your life, of your family, of your marriage, of your parenting, of your relationships. In all family matters, these words can form the foundation. Here are Jesus' words from Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall. Why? Because it had its foundation on the rock. Again, there's two choices. Will I do life the world's way or will I do life God's way and build my life on the principles and teachings of Jesus himself? This is the rock upon which our life stands. But, Jesus said, Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice. Let me just time out here real quick. Parents, raise your hand. Every, every parent in the room, raise your hand. How many times have you given instruction to your children only for them to not put into practice what you said and you step back and allow them to reap the consequence of their disobedience? Well, every one of us. Now you understand how God sees you. This is the heart of your father. He said, you have two choices. Choose life or choose death. Follow the ways of this world or build your house on the rock. Jesus said, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Again, the same refrain. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Jesus is basically telling us today that there are two groups of people. There are those who will hear his words and act on those words, 
and there are those who will hear his words and dismiss them. I want to ask you today, which one will you be? Which of the two groups will you join? Because the choice is yours. Not, I, I know I'm pointing, I don't mean to point like I'm in, it's an invitation. This is an invitation from Jesus himself to build your life on the rock and to dismiss the worldly principles that are so convoluted and broken to their foundation. The first part, build on the rock, this is speaking life. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. The only way to build your life in a way that will stand is to build your life on the principles of God's God's word and on Jesus himself. And I, I want to just illustrate something here. So I'm just going to borrow Jesus' words. He said, the rain came down. Notice he said this to both groups. He didn't say only to the group that doesn't heed his words. He said to both groups of people, even those who take his word and put it into practice, the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Jesus, again, this is why I believe that the word of God is relevant and transcends time. He was telling a group of followers 2,000 years ago that there will be pressures in your life that come from above, come from below, and come from every side. And every one of us can relate to that. We know that there are pressures from every direction in our life sometimes. And Jesus is inviting you to build your life and your family on the principles and the design and the blueprint of God's word because that is a wise builder. And when you build on the rock of his word and of his son, your house will stand. When you build your house on the rock, it will withstand any shock. I know, cheesy rhyme, but one of you will remember that, and so it's worth it to me. Anyhow, um, thank you, Vince. So you're just you're just a straight-out encourager. So even if that was bad, you just said, oh, that's good, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, brother. But, um, but seriously, though, take that to heart. When your house is built on the rock, you are prepared to withstand the shock of this life. The shock of the rain, the shock of the rising streams, the shock of the winds the, that come. You are ready because you built your life on the sand. Now, in contrast, Jesus describes the second group. He said, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice. He is like a foolish builder who builds his house on the sand. Now, it seems like a, a very fitting time. We're in the summer. Some of you are probably joining us from the beach. And we're happy for you. Really, we are. Yeah, wonderful, great. Um, but many of us have been on the beach. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but most of us have probably been on a beach at some time. And at some point, had a bucket filled with sand, and we tipped it over. We thought, well, I'm going to build something here. Uh, you know, we, we have raised three kids. We're raising three kids. And we've done beach vacations. We've been to Jersey Shore, Outer Banks, Myrtle Beach. And what I've learned is that it doesn't matter what beach you're on. The sand is not a good building material. Anybody, can I get a witness here, right? Sand does not make a good building material. No matter how hard I tried, no matter what formula of water and sand I mixed with, I would come back and help the kids, and we'd dump the, the capsules and the buckets, and we'd build things. It was a matter of moments, and it was gone. And it was falling, it was drooping, and then the wave would come, and then it truly decimated 
this beautiful building that I wasn't building. But it, Jesus borrows a, a common illustration as what Jesus did, right? He took, he took heavenly truths and made them uh, accessible for everybody. And he said, when you, when you hear his words and don't act on them, you're like a person who builds their house on the sand. And notice again, the, the, the rains came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against this house, and it did not shake. And I want you to notice something here, friend. If you're listening, say amen. Jesus says, the rains came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. He said that, but that applies to everyone. And you've already discovered this, but the word of God sets this out. There is no one that is immune to the pressures of this world. The, the rain, the streams, the, the wind, it, it, it illustrates and symbolizes all the pressures that are in our lives sometimes. And the only way for you and I to build a life that will stand and for us to build a house and a home and a family that will withstand the pressures of the culture around us is for us to hold fast to the word of God that articulates God's design for your life and for your family. There is no other way. You will be tempted over and over and over again to subscribe to the ideologies of this world or simply to take them and add them to your, your foundation. And I promise you, it will not change. You can't mix sand with the foundation and think that it will hold fast. It will fall. It will fail you. The, the broken system of this world will fail you. We sang a moment ago, there is one who doesn't fail. His name is Jesus, and he never fails. And the invitation is for you and I to build our life on him and on his word and on his principles. The last thing I'll say, and then I want to give you the opportunity to take your first step. There, there's, a, there's a phrase in here that kind of arrested my attention just this morning. I, I did a lot of study and prayer over this message, but it really didn't kind of grab my attention until earlier today. And it said this. It said, the, the rain came down, the streams rose, the wind blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. Again, you can hear the heart of Christ himself warning us that when we build our lives on anything but the word of God and Jesus Christ, eventually there's a consequence. There's a consequence. And some of you are here and you, like, like we read in Deuteronomy, if you, if you turn away, some of you have drifted and you are here by divine appointment today and God is calling you to turn back to the living God, to hold fast to his word. And I want to say to you today that it is never, ever, ever, never, ever too late for you to turn back to the living God. Some of you will say, well, no, I'm too far down this pathway right now. I can't reverse what I'm doing. Yes, you can. It is never too late for you to obey God's voice, to honor his word, and to begin anew and afresh to build your life on the rock of Jesus Christ. Pastor, what's the first step? I'm glad you asked. And some of you are here today, many of you in this room have 
for years been following Christ, you've been doing your best to honor his word, you're, you're, you've got the Holy Spirit in your life that's directing you, but some of you, maybe just one of you, maybe you're just online today, and you haven't yet taken that first step. This all sounds great, Pastor, yeah, okay, the world, the, the one way, God's way, the other way, like, I, I want to subscribe, but what's my first step? Your first step is to acknowledge that you are a broken sinner in need of a Savior. You will never truly come to Christ with authentic repentance until you acknowledge that you are a broken human being in need of Savior. And I don't think that I have to take any energy to convince you that you are a sinful person. You've made many bad decisions, many regrettable choices. You have many failures, shortcomings, and inadequacies. You are far from perfect just like I am. But God has an answer. God sent a solution to this earth. His name is Jesus Christ. And Jesus makes up the difference in our lives. Every one of us is a sinner in need of a Savior. And some of you today, your first step is simply to, for the first time, to acknowledge, yes, Pastor, it's me. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And I want to take my first step with Jesus. I want to confess my sin and receive Christ as my Lord on this Sunday. I'm going to give you that chance right now in this moment. I'd like everybody in this room simply to bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment. And if you're here on this Sunday and you would say, Scott, I've never taken that first step. Or if you're online and you've never taken that first step, today is your day. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. I'm going to count to number three. And if you are here today and you want to take that first step confessing that you're a sinner in need of a Savior, I just want you to slip your hand up when I get to three. One, two, three. Anybody in this room? Anybody at all? Thank you, young lady. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for those hands. I see you top row. I see you back row. Anybody else say, Pastor, it's me. I want to take my first step today. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. I confess that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior, and I'm going to take my first step today. Just keep your hand up real quick. Keep your hand up till one of our ushers gets you. They have a bag of information. They, we want to help you. We want to walk with. We want to walk with you in this journey. We want to kind of capture your information. There's a card in there that we'd love for you to fill that out. Take it to the hub after service today. We'd love to have a record of your decision, and we would love the opportunity to walk with you to answer any questions you have. Thank you so much, church. Can we celebrate those who raised their hand? Come on, somebody. <coughs> I saw at least 10 hands in this room. I'm going to pray with you. We're not done. We're still going to receive communion in a moment. But I want to invite everybody in this room to repeat these words. Close your eyes one more time and pray with me. Dear Jesus, I'm asking you right now to do what only you can do. I confess today that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And on this day, I give my life to Jesus. In his name I pray, amen, amen. Praise God, hallelujah, come on. <clears throat> Those of you who raised your hand and who took that first step, you are trusting Christ with your life. You are making the decision on this day, mark your calendar, August 5th, 2023. You said, I'm no longer going to build my life on the principles of this world. Instead, I will give my life to Jesus and I will build my life 
on a firm foundation. The Bible says you're now a child of God. You are born again. You are a new creation in Christ. And the angels in heaven are celebrating your decision. Thank you, Jesus. Welcome to the family of God. What a great day. Come on. We are also going to receive communion today. Um, I do want to ask you if you don't have one of these cups, if somehow you slipped in through the, the door and didn't, wasn't handed one of these by one of our greeters, I want you to slip your hand up. I want to make sure everybody can participate with us. So our ushers have extra communion cups. Keep your hand up until somebody gives you one of these cups. If you're a born-again child of God, you are invited to receive communion today. If you're at home or traveling and you're able to get a cup of juice and a piece of bread, you can join us online and receive communion as well. doesn't matter where you are, you're part of the family of God, and you can uh, receive this cup as well. Again, keep your hand up until one of our ushers gives you a communion cup that you can participate with us. We'd love for you to be able to join us in this commemoration. I wanted to do communion today and receive this together because this also is a reminder of the foundation we have in Jesus Christ. The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ is the very foundation of our faith in God. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15 that if Christ be not raised, you are still dead in your sins and your faith is worthless. This reminds us of the foundation of of Jesus Christ and him crucified of the gospel of our Lord and Savior. And there's no better place for us to start as a family of God than to begin with this series, Family Matters, with receiving communion together. This is what Matthew tells us happened on that night about 2,000 years ago when Jesus was receiving uh, a meal together with his followers and then gave us these instructions. These are the words of Christ. Well, first Matthew's words. He says, when evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said to them, truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. They were very sad and began to say to him, one after the other, surely you don't mean me, Lord. Every one of the twelve around that table said, surely not I, Lord. Jesus replied, the one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him, but woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. And Jesus answered, You have said so. Here's what Jesus said about receiving this bread and this cup. If you haven't already done so, you can peel back that thin cellophane layer on top and hold this bread in your hand. Matthew says, he writes this, while they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, take and eat, this is my body. And as we receive this bread together in just a second, I want you to receive this, reminding yourself that it is upon the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus that we build our lives. This is the foundation of our lives. Let's receive the bread together. As Matthew writes, you gave thanks. We too today give thanks, Lord Jesus, for your broken body. We believe that the word says that by your stripes we are healed. And so 
know, God, we even now in this moment, there are some in this room, maybe, God, who would be receiving healing in their body because of your broken body. Most of all, we say thank you, Lord Jesus, for your broken body that you were you allowed them to beat you and to hang you on a, on a cross that we might be new and forgiven. Take the cup in your hand and pull back that other layer. Matthew tells us in verse 27, then he took a cup. When he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, Jesus said, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. Jesus said he would not drink of the fruit of the vine as a representation of our covenant with him until we one day joined him in heaven someday. But he told us we should do this on a regular basis as a reminder that he shed his blood and that that blood is the foundation of our covenant relationship with our Father in heaven through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let's receive this cup together, remembering the sacrifice of our Lord. Jesus, we thank you today for your shed blood. We thank you that that a handful of people today took their first steps and received forgiveness of sins because of your blood that you shed on the cross. You willingly gave your life as a sacrifice and atonement for many. So Jesus, today we say thank you. Thank you for all that you've done for us and for inviting us to build our lives on the foundation of your word and of you, the rock of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Church, I want you to stand today with me. We're not yet going to dismiss. Our worship team's going to come back to the stage, and we're going to sing a song together today. I'd like you to hold steady where you are, um, resisting the urge to be the first in line to get your kids. I know that's a strong urge. Maybe you're just hungry, your belly's churning, but listen, we're going to sing this song called Firm Foundation, and as we sing this song, I want you to use it for yourself as a declaration that you want to make a fresh commitment in your own life and in your own family, your own parenting, that I will build my life on the firm foundation upon this rock which will always stand. Some of you maybe will feel prompted to come in front. I welcome you as we sing. If you want to just step forward and, and worship at the front of this room at the altar, the altar isn't just for people who are, are going through a hard time. You can come here anytime at the altar and worship Jesus and receive prayers. So as we sing this song, I want this to be an anthem for you today that you would worship God and let the words of this song be a prayer for you as you freshly dedicate your life to living according to God's design and building it on the foundation of his word. God bless you. And I'll come back in a moment and dismiss us in prayer.
one, and it's an invitation every day. It's not just today. Every day, right? Every day for the remainder of your life, you have before you the option to, to build the world's plan or to build God's plan. And one of those foundations will fail and one will not. And it's God's way that doesn't fail. Let's pray. Father, what a joy. God, what a joy to worship you, to declare as an anthem over our lives that you alone, God, will never fail. And when we build our lives on your word and on the rock, which is Jesus, the rains come, the winds blow, and the streams rise, but our life is safe in you. Because you, oh God, never fail. Father, I pray that every one of us lives in the reality of those words as we walk in your presence, empowered by your spirit, living a life that honors you. Bless your people on this day, I ask in Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. Love you so much. If you need prayer, the way is this way, right here. We'd love to pray with you. Otherwise, be blessed. Have an awesome day in the Lord.